Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. A pleasant good Thursday morning to you and yours. Weekend right around the corner. We're already counting the minutes around here. Welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to high noon Eastern time. You can find us multiple ways, starting with YouTube streaming there, the Chatterbox Sports page. You can also find us streaming on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports page. And if podcast is more your cup of tea, search wherever you search for your podcast. Check out Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Now look, if you watch this show regularly, you know I don't follow every team in college basketball like our friend Paul. In fact, I follow very, very few. But it would be hard to believe that there has been a better or more impactful transfer player for any school in the country than Xavier's Sule Boom. This guy has been so good. And last night was better than good. Boom poured in 33 points on 11 of 19 shooting, 4 of 9 from 3. Colby Jones tosses in a career-high 29 on 10 of 11 shooting. And X, for all intents and purposes, they got to win this weekend, but nailed down the number two seed in next week's Big East Conference Tournament. It was a 94-89 win at Providence. The Musketeers will have that season finale at the Cintas Center against Butler Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Bad night for my man Cal in the Big Blue. What in the hell is going on? Paul, you called it, I think, a landmine game was your turn. Yeah. And that it was. Vanderbilt beats Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Senior night. It's the first time Vandy has won at Rupp since 2003. They hit a shot with 2.7 to go. And I tell you what, give it up to Vandy head coach Jerry Stackhouse. Very rare to see great players, and he was a phenomenal player both in college and the pros, Carolina and then the NBA, to come back and want to be a head coach and actually be a good one. His team has won 17 games this season in a pretty good league. He's turning around a once-proud Vanderbilt program. Ohio State has won back-to-back games for the first time in two months after beating number 21 Maryland 73-62 in Columbus last night. Elsewhere, number two, Alabama. They were trailing by 17 early on, but rallied to beat Auburn in overtime, 90-85. Notre Dame shocked number 25, Pitt, in South Bend, 88-81. It was Mike Bray's final home game at Notre Dame after 23 years as head coach. Did you see the video of him after the game? No, I heard he was fired up. At the linebacker? Oh, it was great. He was taking shots with everybody, walking through the bar. He was living his best life. Good for Mike Bray. Good for Mike Bray. Good for Mike Bray. Yes, indeed. Good man. Good man. He's done a great job at Notre Dame. I saw that home record. It was like 350 against 120-something through his 23 years at Notre Dame. Congratulations to him. He says he still wants to coach. It's just not going to be a Notre Dame anymore. In the Big 12, a big night every night in the Big 12, it seems. And last night, no different in Fort Worth, Texas. Number 22, TCU, beats number 9, Texas, 75-73. What a sports year it's been for the Horned Frogs. Football team plays in the title game. The Hoops team is good. Sometimes they're really good. They're healthy again and watch them in the tournament. Pro Hoops, 
Kevin Durant. He's a Texas guy, right? Longhorn? Yeah. Longhorn. Yeah. All right. He scored 23 in 27 minutes, wearing a Phoenix Suns uniform for the first time last night. They beat Charlotte 105-91. Since being traded, Durant has been out with a knee sprain. In baseball, the Reds scored 10 runs in the eighth inning and finished in a 14-14 tie against the A's last night. No, baseball is not adopting soccer rules. <laughs> They're not finishing in ties. Sure? That looks like a tie to me. Why? Well, it was. That's spring training, but not in the regular year. No ties. No participation trophies and getting points. You play till somebody wins. Starter Graham Ashcraft pitched two innings, allowed three hits, two runs. Christian Encarnacion Strand had a big night. Driving in five runs for the Redlegs. The NFL Combine really kicking into gear starting today. Two big stories yesterday. And we start with the Ravens. The team's general manager, Eric DaCosta, was asked if he's considering trading Lamar Jackson. He said no. But then pointed out that few teams have made more trades over the last four years than his team during his tenure. He expressed hope a deal could get done before the Ravens would have to put a franchise tag on Jackson. If they tag him, if they tag him, the team is over the salary cap and would be hamstrung to try and do anything to improve the team like a wide receiver, a cornerback. That's the deal if they tag him. Then there's Indy. Their general manager, Greg Ballard, he wouldn't confirm it. But certainly wouldn't deny it that the team might trade up. Right now, they have the fourth pick in the draft. But they might trade up to get the quarterback they want for the next, quote-unquote, 10 to 15 years. Colts have had a quarterback carousel over the last four seasons since the unexpected retirement of Andrew Luck. And lastly, Jalen Carter in college football. Many people feel like he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. A, uh, he was arrested, had to pay, uh, what, $4,000 in bail to get out. Misdemeanor charge, reckless driving uh, as part of that tragic situation where a teammate died. Uh, everybody thinking these two guys were racing. Uh, a woman was driving the car. She also died in the car crash. Uh, Carter had lied to police originally about what happened that night and now all of a sudden it makes you wonder fellas if you were drafting okay now it's a misdemeanor thing he's not going to jail not going to jail he did lie he's young people get scared the cover-up more times than not is always worse than the actual quote-unquote crime look no further than watergate the, um, but the question is, if you were a team picking in the top two, three, four in the draft, would this whole thing change your mind about taking Jalen Carter? Yay or nay, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello, Tom. Doing okay today? Doing great, man. Doing Good. great. Ready? Lacrosse cranking up tomorrow night. First scrimmage. Ready to go. Warriors. How we looking this year? They're playing. Come on. We're looking good every year. Trying to go to the Final Four for the 11th time in the last 15 years. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. State title game 10 times, 1-5. Luke looking good. Team captain? Ready to go.
Haven't voted yet. Haven't we'll voted see. Yet. All right. Yes. So, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you for asking. What do you think? Good Lord willing, a good year, healthy year. Um, you know, I'm. I don't think. I don't think because he he. It's a misdemeanor that it should change anything. Um. For me, he's too good of a talent to pass up on. Um, I think I think really what it boils down to is how many character issues, how many character flaws, how many things have popped up with him, and I that I'm not really sure on. I, I think you, know? you make a good point, Casey, because wasn't it Todd McShay or somebody that had tweeted out some character issues about him? Yeah, that's week, what I'm reading a, here. A week or two ago, or something like that. That McShay had tweeted something, then everybody was firing back in the replies to McShay about. Jalen Carter and all this stuff, and then now all of a sudden we hear this, and maybe it corroborates some of the other things that we had heard. All this stuff, it just—I guess you're going to have to just take it. If you're an NFL team that wants to draft him, you're going to have to take a deep dive and see what the uh, risk reward is there for him. Yeah, and I—I uh, I don't know how you balance those scales because I don't know enough about yep. this issue. Yep. Uh, I've just been way too busy the last couple of days with with my college basketball stuff to really do as deep of a dive as I should into this to have an educated take on it. But from the little that I have read, um, it, it doesn't seem like a great situation when you compound it with some of the other things that had already been reported about him. Now that's not to say it—he's not a great player, and you have to now figure out as an NFL team where you balance, again, the character issues from the skill yeah. that, he, that he brings and to the table. I, I was just reading more deeply into it. McShay was talking more about his locker room character. Like, does he get along with the guys in the locker room? Um, is he a captain sort of? Yep. Like, you know, those sort of things. So it's not a, it's not a one for one. But those all, all those things matter up eventually. I mean – does he got off the field issues? It seems like he might have a couple of those. I mean, they might be small, but when does he get bigger? Does he have character issues in the locker room? All those thoughts have to be running through a mind of a GM. But regardless, he's such a good talent. Well, there's no doubt. Very good talent. There's no doubt about it. And let's be completely open and honest about it. I mean, when it comes to professional sports, uh, there are a lot of teams that uh, have looked the other way on some things like this, not on major things, like, you know, if you, you, you know, a felony of some kind, things like that. But, uh, you know, it looks the other way. If you can play, you can play. What I do like about what the Bengals do is, and what they've done in this culture that they've created down there, some of the things you just talked about. You know, they're looking at guys, what is their character? And let's be honest about it. I mean, for a long, long time, character was not something that was the top of the scale for the Bengals organization for yeah. a long time. There's nothing wrong with giving guys a second, sometimes a third chance. I got no problem with that. People make mistakes. Everybody make mistakes. You know, the easiest thing in the world is to sit around and be the judge and jury. But you're evading looking in the mirror. Everybody makes mistakes. But, um, you know, the Bengals have fallen into this whole kind of thing about, you know, is he a captain? Is he a leader? Is he going to fit in our locker room? Is he going to be a divisive force in our locker room? Is he going to fall in line with what it is we're trying to do? And over the last, you know, three, four, five years, that's what they've been really all about.
Not every guy they're drafting is a captain, but almost every single one of them was a captain for their college team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's their, uh, their draft strategy. It's a, it's a good one, too. It's worked out for them. Um, yeah, and I don't think they should stray from that. You know, I think they should continue to look for guys that have been leaders in the locker room, guys that are all about football, guys that want to get better and prove. Um, and it, it's worked out great for them so far. I, I'll just put it like that. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention, if we're going to talk about how does it affect Jalen Carter's stock, we can look no further than a recent draft with Laramie Tunsil, where right yep. before the draft, this is right before the draft. Tunsil! Tunsil! That's yeah. big league right there. Guy yeah. sitting there in a... In a it, 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 what do they call those? A, a big old gas mask. Gas mask. Right? Yeah, gas mask. All tanked up. Yeah, smoked up, doped up <laughs> on the and internet. That, yeah, and that was right before the draft. And he only fell to like 13 or something like but, that. You know, but, but that was, a, that was a, a significant tumble. Oh, yeah. Because you were talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you were talking about the best offensive lineman maybe in that draft or oh, top yeah. two, two anyway. He was supposed to go like, Top three. Right. And so, I mean, that's a significant tumble. Right. And I mean, that's something that, look, we don't have legalized marijuana use here in Ohio, medical use, but not legalized. Uh, that's a thing that, you know, people are, are I don't know if accepting is a right. I, I don't know what the word is. But, but clearly, that was not a, uh, some serious felony sort of thing. It's turned into more of a joke than anything else, right? Right. But he falls from top two or three all to 13. So it makes you wonder, does his Carter stuff yeah, I reflect mean, something like that? Well, because this happened a couple months before the draft, I think people will have it in the back of their mind, but I don't think it's going to end up mattering in the end because it ended up not being a felony charge. Um I don't know the, I don't think the exact details of what happened have came out yet, but you know, he was only charged with a, a misdemeanor. So, you know, he's not in any huge legal trouble. So I think when all this is said and done, I still think he'll be a, at least a top five. Yeah. You know, I think the talent's there and the difference between, I don't know if we truly know this, but the difference between the top three, which is what he's projected, and like the top five or eight. Um, it can be serious, but I don't know if it matters this much in the draft because there's so many guys that are quarterback, that, that are going to be picked at quarterback that, you know, like the Bears now, they might not trade down. Or they, 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 if they were looking at either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, they might not trade down and they might just pick. Yeah. William Anderson. And that's the one thing that we haven't really discussed is now what do the Bears do with this new information? If they trade down to the Colts and someone picks Will Anderson when they really didn't want to deal with Jalen Carter, that's a big deal. So I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic here yeah. with this situation yeah. for sure. You know, uh, Randy uh, makes a comment in the chat. And, and, I, and Randy, I, I think you're being facetious. I don't want to say that for sure, but you say, ask, ask, ask Marvin Lewis what he thinks. I got to tell you, you know, look, Marvin Lewis was basically a 500 coach, but he took over a mess. 
And he turned this franchise uh, into a respectable franchise as far as winning games. He didn't have the indoor bubble. He doesn't have any of the things that Zach Taylor has now. And clearly the, the ownership of the team has changed its mind in terms of spending and free agency and all that kind of thing, okay? I thought Marvin Lewis, that they, they kept him too long. But one thing Marvin Lewis can do is judge talent. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. So when you say, ask Marvin Lewis what he thinks, I don't know if you're saying, ask Marvin Lewis because of some of the characters that they had on this team or lack thereof, uh, character in some cases. Uh, you know, the, the Adam Jones and, the, and the, uh, the, God rest his soul, Chris Henry and Vontez Perfect and some of these kinds of guys, right? But Marvin Lewis could judge talent. He could look at a college player and he could say, hey, look, Vontez Perfect's a perfect example. When this guy kept his head screwed on, this guy was a stud. Stud player. Great player. Now, he'd go off the reservation every now and again. There's no doubt about that. But he was an undrafted guy. And Marvin Lewis had been following him very closely out at Arizona State. So, you know, when it comes to some of these players, I think you could do worse in asking Marvin Lewis what he thinks about some of these guys. I found it very interesting in the comments made by Duke Tobin two days ago. We talked a little bit about the whole, you know, T. Higgins saying, and he says, go find your own wide receiver and, you know, all this kind of thing. But um, I listened to his entire press conference yesterday for a little while, and a couple things struck me. Casey, you and I were talking about this before when Paul was in the other room. I did not come away with the same feeling you guys did the way he talked about Joe Mixon. I thought he basically just said, Joe Mixon has been a heck of a player around here for a long time. He's had a lot to do with our success. He's had a lot to do with where we are as a team and winning games, you know, I didn't come away feeling like, and look, they might cut him tomorrow. But I did not come away feeling like, okay, this guy's done and they're running him out of town. What I did come away with, when he was asked specifically about long-term contracts, he was asked about three players. He was asked about Joe Burrow, he was asked about T. Higgins, and he was asked about linebacker Logan Wilson. In Burrow and Higgins' case, his quote basically was, to paraphrase, they're going to be here for a long, long time. That was not the comment about Logan Wilson. Now, I don't want to read too much into it. Maybe he just, you know, off the top of his head, you're in a press conference, you're trying to ask her a question. But I had the feeling that there was a dramatic difference at the way they're looking at long-term deals, certainly for Burrow, but Higgins, and not as much for Wilson. Am I off base? You guys feel the same way or no? No, I mean, I think, I think that's a good analysis of what, what took place. Um, they have their priorities with T and, and Joe. I think that's the number one. And I think I was, I did look into it. I, I know at your, where, where you're coming from saying that Joe Mixon, um, how you don't feel the same way that we do. Um, but I was coming from a place where it wasn't what they said necessarily that got me to believe that. It's more of about him. It was more about what they said in general about the cap space and what they would need to do. And it just – the financials don't make sense and his playtime doesn't make sense. Uh, 
it just seems like to me that they would attempt to at least try to renegotiate his contract to take that pay cut. And if they don't, then it makes logical sense for them to then cut bait with him so then they could free up cap space so then they could get other players to help this team. Because as it stands right now, and I was telling you this earlier, if they go ahead and give extensions to Burrow and Higgins, yeah. and they, let's say they re-sign Hayden Hurst, Von Bell, P. Ryan, and Brandon Allen because they need a backup quarterback too. All that together. I find somewhere else to spend that money, but go ahead. Right. Well, I mean, regardless, yeah. all that together, all that money put together, you're only working with at the end like five to ten million dollars. If you don't cut, if Nixon you don't, or some if other you guys. don't cut right. other players, right. so. And they need they need a guy at right tackle. They need a they need someone to compete for that starting spot while Lyle Collins recovers. And they don't even know if he'll be the same and are they really going to risk an unknown injury to a guy that they can cut bait with and save that money and get a guy that's not hurt i don't know i those are difficult questions for duke to answer but if i was building this team and i put away the thought of loyalty which is really big for the Bengals, i get that it makes logical sense for them to cut Mixon and cut Lael and have that conversation with Tyler Boyd too. Oh, I think all, he saves you eight, nine million in cap space. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'd, he one, won't be around. One for one. He won't be around unless you trade up. Trade up. I haven't heard any talk about that with the Bengals. It doesn't mean it's not a possibility. Trade up if, if that's what you're thinking. Um, there was a, a great article in The Athletic today written by Paul Daner Jr. because Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach, was pretty much holding court, I guess, um, in the lobby of the hotel downtown Indianapolis where the Combine is and, and talked extensively about, you know, the situation with the offensive line. They know they're rock solid with the three guys there in the middle. He was asked um, over and over again, Jonah Williams, you know, you're going to pay him almost $13 million next year. You picked up that fifth-year option, right? And he was asked, you know, what would it be like to make the move? And Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, said he thought it would be a very, very tough thing for Williams to do. He said he's a team-first guy. He said, but he's played his whole life at left tackle. He said he thinks it would be very hard to move to right tackle. One thing that did come out of that is it seems like Jackson Carmen is starting to get more and more backing by this franchise yeah. based on what they saw from him in, you know, what he started the last two games of the year, both in the playoffs, uh, at left tackle. Now, you know, do they think that he could go over and be a right tackle? Again, situation where he's been a left tackle his whole life. They played him at guard a little bit, didn't work out. You know, they've been through a lot of, you know, a lot of this with Carmen. But he seems to be doing one of these, unless it's all lip service. And there's a very real possibility it's all lip service. I have no idea. Then you get into the whole thing about, you know, Taylor Lewan and his reaction to the idea of wearing a Bengals uniform on social media a couple of days ago. Does he really mean that? Is he just kind of, you know, I mean, a guy out there and they were talking about, okay, then the possibility of bringing in a free agent. 
There are two or three guys that were made mention in this about guys that have bounced around a little <coughs> bit, but they were high draft picks. Bless you. Thank you. And, um, and how it all plays out. All right, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about this whole thing with um, Paul Doherty. A little bit later on, we'll have him coming up at 11 o'clock. And then the Tracer, Tracy Jones at 11.30. Did you know your alma mater is playing basketball today in a Horizon League conference tournament game? What? They're playing? Tonight. Tonight? Tonight. NKU. Darren Horn. They're playing Oakland. 4-5 matchup in the, uh, what would be, I guess, technically, right, the second round of the Horizon Quarter, League? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinal yeah. round. You had Coach Horn on the other day. I was not here. How does he feel about, what did he say about this game tonight? Well, this is a, we didn't talk a ton of specifics about this game tonight, more the overall broad picture of the season and where they are and, and their standing. But, uh, yeah, this is a big game tonight. I talked a lot about it on my podcast this morning with Rick, who is their uh, radio analyst. And we talked about what kind of a game this could be for NKU, given the fact that they just played Oakland on Saturday. Right, you beat Oakland on Saturday. It gives you some confidence, and you're coming off a win four days ago. Um, but that was after Oakland had beaten NKU basically at the buzzer back in right. uh, back right. in January. So, at home, yeah, at at Truist Arena. So this is a big game for NKU. It gets you, it gets you to Indianapolis. It gets you into the semifinals, into a seat, and and that's where you really you feel like if you're NKU, if you don't get to Indianapolis, if you don't get to the semis. It's a dis- it's a it's a big disappointment, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there. Say, there's a lot going on there in Indy this weekend. That'd be a fun place to be. You yeah. got the NFL Combine and all that kind of thing going on. Horizon League tournament, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that place has got to be jumping. They playing in the Pacers building, right? I think they played at the the state the the fairgrounds that arena. They don't fairgrounds. Yeah, there's that. They, what was that like a barn? What is <laughs> it's not that? the best arena. It's not. It's a little bit outside the city. It's not the best arena. But I think. Yeah, I do think you're right. They've they've been there before. That's where they almost. I mean, that's where they always play it, unless they changed it this year. But that it's fairgrounds. It's the yeah. I don't know what the. We ought to go to Athens County fairgrounds. Play uh, that tournament. Indianapolis, the fairground. I forget what the name of the um, arena is. Okay. But, yes. All right, I want to get into some other stuff here. Indiana Farmers, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, that's it. Farmers Coliseum. Indiana Farmers. Is there a rodeo at the other end while the tournament's going on? or Sitting on hay bales. You know, uh, here. Selling livestock? I'll, I'll bring it up on the screen here for you. There it is. Let's see it. Well, that's let not on. Let see this thing. I can't. I don't know if I can blow this up anymore. Okay, well, let's just see a rough picture of it. Let me, let me pull it up for the audience to see. There's the arena. There it is. Yeah, wait a minute. You sure that's not the Pacers building? Yeah, that's not Banker's Life. Oh, that's IUPUI. Gainbridge. They normally have pretty good facilities at IUPUI. Yeah, that's... Yeah. They have arguably the best swimming facility in the United States. They have national championships there. So IUPUI is a school with a little bit of cash. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's shift gears now to um, the Xavier Musketeers. Okay. Um... I mean, look, they go through that little two-game losing streak. You know, they lose at Butler. Then they lose to, help me, Creighton. Who do they lose to in that two-game losing streak? It was Butler and who? Marquette. Marquette, right. Okay, but that, but that was a game that I think had some encouraging signs to it on the road. Well, they should have won that game. Well, yeah. 
and, and they were there without Fremantle. They had a couple other guys sick and hurt and all that kind of thing. They're still very thin yep. uh, as far as depth is concerned. And it started to show last night after they built the big lead. I think at one point they were at 40 to 18. Yeah, it was a 22-point lead at its biggest. And then all of a sudden it just kind of – it just – you. I thought Jason Benetti made a very good point on the broadcast where he said it's like getting up 7 nothing in the second inning of a baseball game. You just know that there's way too much time left, too many teams can make a run, too many things can happen, that the game's not over right away. Um, but, yeah, they got up 40-18, to 18, and it was very similar to the UConn game at UConn where they get up by a million in the first half, home team makes a run, gets back into the game, but then the home team can never actually get over the hump. The closest Providence ever got was four. They never took the lead. Right. Xavier led wire to wire. Yep. You know, so from that perspective, it was a, uh, I mean, it was a dominant game. When you really think about it now that the game is over, because in the moment it, it did feel a little tense back and forth as Providence made their runs. But when you really look back on it, it never got within a one possession game. So it, it, credit to Xavier for being able to do that and fight through that through all the foul trouble. I mean, like I said, to start the show, I didn't think the fouls, I, I didn't think the officiating was necessarily one-sided you know, one way or the other, it just, there were a lot of fouls. It's like, I, I just wish they would let them play. Yeah. Play through some of that. Play through some of those hand checks. Play through some of those little ticky-tack fouls on, on the perimeter. Just, come you on. You know, you say that, though, and I mean, this is drifting off the, 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 the topic, and we'll get back to Xavier here in a second. But, you know, it, I get, totally get where you're coming from on that because, I mean, nobody wants to watch a game that has no flow to it. That It's always, you know, yeah. guys going to line and stopping the clock and, you know, yeah. momentum is always halted one way or the other. But, you know, w when I watch a lot of games and they quote-unquote let them play, like you say, yeah. hand checks prevent people from going places. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when a guy's trying to make a move and you're allowing a defender – to, to keep a little separation there by putting his hand on you know his butt and his, his back or whatever side, whatever it might be, you're preventing action from happening. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I, I know, I know what you're saying. You know it, what I mean. It just feels like the game becomes choppy. It feels There's like it gets, no doubt. It feels like it gets bogged down in whistles. And for a game like that between two very talented – I mean, Providence was 36 and – 36 and 1. I see, I see Mouse Cop pointed out. 36 and 1 in the in the last 37 home games. They had won 17 home games in a row. They hadn't lost at home this season. And they had won some crazy games there. They beat Marquette, one of only three losses for Marquette this uh, Big East season. It was in double overtime back in December. And they just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning at home. And then Xavier goes in there with basically six players and. Adam Kunkel fouls out with about five minutes left. Yep. And they're, they're still able to figure out a way. But credit to a guy like Colby Jones, too. I mean, Colby and Sule Boom combined for 62 points. Colby Jones scores 29, and 22 of those 29, Tom, came in the second half. And that's where you have a guy like Colby who's been a fringe first-round NBA draft prospect on a lot of mock drafts this year. And now all of a sudden you're saying, all right, well, your best player or one of your two best players goes out there and just takes over the game in the second half. Xavier had been looking for that out of him, and he, and he really did that last night. So, a lot you know, of When I watch that guy play, he reminds me a lot of myself. That physique, um, you know. Colby? Uh, very yeah. much, very much. Exactly. Very similar in that regard, yep. and, uh, and that's why I'm a big fan of Colby Jones. When I see Colby Jones <laughs> and that physique, I think Tom Brown. Yeah, there, there's no question. Hey, listen, uh, 
Well, wait, let me finish the tie a ribbon around the Xavier thing. They put up a graphic at the end of the game last night, which I'm sure you saw, that basically was if the Big East season ended today, yes. the way it would stack up and who they would play, right? They would be on the other side of the bracket, as we've talked about, with uh, from Marquette, right? Uh, and they would be the number two seed. The number three seed is going to be Providence, so they would be in their half of the bracket. And this is all dependent well, upon people getting upset and all that kind of thing in their last game, right? So Xavier has clinched the two seed. Yeah. Xavier will play at 7 o'clock with that win last night. Xavier will play at 7 o'clock at MSG next Thursday. Really, the only thing that's left to figure out is the three and four uh, the, okay. the, the three and four seeds, which is huge because the three seed plays at 9.30 on Thursday night. Four seed plays at 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. So that's a big deal. Providence could still win on Saturday and not get that seed depending on tiebreakers. Um, so it's it's Providence and Creighton battling it out for that, for that three okay, seed. Okay, but, but if I saw the graphic correctly, what I was ultimately yes. getting at is whether it's Creighton, whether it's Providence. Villanova is also down in that part of the bracket because yes. they have clinched the sixth seed, yep. right? Yep. So Villanova would have to win a game. Then they would play whoever the three seed is while Xavier is playing whoever they're going to play, Yeah. right? The winner of I, Seton Hall and DePaul. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. I know they <laughs> lost DePaul, but, but you know what I'm saying. But it's setting up where a semifinal game, you know, which a lot of people you're thinking – Okay, that's, that's Providence, or that's Creighton. And, and those are good teams. But the team everybody's kind of you know, wondering about now is Villanova. Yeah. They're all of a sudden starting to, to play a little bit better. I mean, they, they've been a 500 team all year long or under 500, but they're starting to play a little bit better. Who knows? It'll be interesting. Somebody points out here in the chat, Paul, did you on your show last night? I mean, a lot of people very complimentary about your show after the game last night. But did you say... And Seth Pryor points this out as a diehard Kentucky fan from Kentucky. Did you say that Cal at UK just seems tired? Did you say that yay or nay? I don't, I would probably agree with that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I said that. Well, I'm just saying what Seth points out here. Oh, uh, I don't. He said, as a diehard Kentucky fan from Kentucky, I agree with what Paul said yesterday. Cal at UK just seems tough. I mean, I do believe in that. I do believe that sentiment. So I, I guess I will stand by it. I don't remember saying it, but I say a lot of things that I don't remember. So, yes, Seth, I do agree with you. I don't think he's necessarily like a bad coach, I guess. I just think it's, it's kind of run its course. He's been there for a while. And now he... This loss to Vanderbilt, it's like, what are we doing? I know Cason Wallace got hurt. I, I get it. Your point guard gets hurt. I get that. Is he out for but a while or not? I, I don't know. I haven't seen an, an update okay. on him. That game was going on at the same time as the Xavier game. I was trying to catch up on it. I, I know that Cason Wallace got hurt. I don't know all the details about it. I, but that's a huge injury because now Severe Wheeler's also not going to come back for a couple of weeks, which would mean the NCAA tournament. So now all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing if you're right. Kentucky? And, and this kind of gets back to a question that I think Brian had asked earlier in the chat about Kentucky, where if UK loses to Arkansas on Saturday and again to a quad three or four team in the first game of the NCAA tournament, do they go as an 11 seed to Dayton with UNC? UNC is right there on that fringe too because yep. UNC can't seem to get out of their own way. And now Kentucky can't seem to get out of their own well, way. Well, I, I mean, they, they had it roll until last night. They did. Kentucky. They did. but it's, Yeah, not Carolina. No, not Carolina. 
But but Kentucky, it's it's the same thing where you know I had a I had Richard Skinner on my show the other day. Thought Kentucky had turned a corner. They're rolling. Now all of a sudden they lose at home on a buzzer beater to basically a buzzer beater to Vanderbilt after killing Vanderbilt the first time. They were ten point favorites last night. I just I just don't understand what we're doing here for Kentucky. Well, here's what I was told by an inside source at the University of Kentucky. Okay. Is that I brought up earlier, um, there has been incredible friction between Cal and the athletic director. Um, I mean, maybe that changed last night. I just heard this news a couple of days ago. Um, But here's the bottom line. If they fire Cal, my understanding is if they fire or think about firing Cal, they don't have the money to pay him to get out of the contract. They don't have it. It's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. Stupid money. 30, 40 million, something like that. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, this guy signed what? A quote unquote lifetime contract, but there are, you know, sort of clauses in there. But the bottom line is, you know, that athletic department makes a lot of money on basketball. They're starting to make good money on football, but they don't have the money of the, you know, Ohio States and Penn States and Michigans and USC's and all this kind. They, they don't have that kind of cash down there in Lexington. They got a lot of money, not that kind of money. So my understanding is they can't get rid of them. It's my understanding. No, I would agree with that. That's I, not to say there's not some, you know, Horse guy down there, or you know, whatever, all of a sudden wants to sign a check and say, beat it. I think Cal would have to step down, and I don't think Cal's the kind yeah, of person. Yeah, it ain't happening. I don't think Cal's the it kind of person. Ain't that, happening. That ain't happening. No chance. No chance. And then there's TCU, the fighting Jamie Dixons. Go Frogs! <laughs> I'm not a Texas fan. They've been ranked in the top five, top seven, top nine, top ten. I don't mean I'm not a fan, you know, that I have anything against them. I, I don't see it. Well, you think they're frauds is what you're telling us. I, I'm not going to go that far because, I, because it, would be, it would be unfair of me to go that far because I don't watch them enough. But when I have watched them, go ahead, please. You've you got to remember they lost their head coach, Chris Beard. Well, I understand. Yeah, that. so I'm just saying. But, they, but they're still ranked in the top ten. They are. I, I just, I just think I would. I they, would they had a chance to win the best conference in America. They had yeah. a chance to clinch the regular yeah. season title with a win last night. Yeah, or at least a share of it. Yeah. yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, I. Do thought, you? No. Well, I guess, I guess it always kind of goes back to my question of like, when you say, do you see it? I don't really know what. Like what is it? Is I'm it like saying a Final it four? deep run tournament team. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't think so either. I, I, I could see them getting bounced by. I mean, pick somebody. Yeah, I could see them losing to Iowa in the second round or somebody like that. Yeah, Rodney Terry. I thought for a while he kind of looked like the guy. You're, you know, do you hire the interim, whatever? Do you make him the full time guy? I think Rodney Terry now has his work cut out for him. He probably is going to have to make a Final Four or make a really deep run in the tournament if he wants to keep that job or wants to stay on as the full-time head coach. And credit to him for going out there and being able to do that in a season like this. But at the same time, you had a very talented roster. So how much of it is the players going out there and just doing what they already were capable of doing versus the head coach? 
I, I would have loved to have seen what this team could have done with Chris Beard. I'm not tuned into the everyday of how Rodney Terry is doing day in and day out with what the fans would say about the job down there. I just think that uh, Texas is not Texas is not quite at the level that I think I'm going to pencil them in for some kind of a Final Four or anything no, like that. No, no, I don't see it either. Um by the way, somebody pointed out here that the uh, Sir Boy Wonder said the x-rays on Wallace came back negative. That's good news. Meanwhile, another team in the SEC has lost its point guard. Oh, yeah. Zakai Ziegler at Tennessee. That's a really tough blow. We've already talked a lot about Tennessee's offensive struggles lately. And, uh, I mean, they're the fourth best team on Ken Palm, but they have lost now. Well, they, they won on Tuesday, but they had, they had lost – four of five, um, and they had lost five of seven. I, I mean, this Kentucky – or, uh, sorry, Tennessee, now all of a sudden they got to figure out what they're doing here on offense without their point guard. And he's just I, – God, I just hate it. When you see a guy go down like that with a non-contact injury and he just collapses to the floor and you know that probably it's an ACL, yeah. especially for a, maybe the most important player on that team – that's just brutal. Yeah, it, it, it's so sad. You just feel so bad for the kid. I, I mean, and his family, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that. I don't, I don't want to throw a, a blanket over every single kid that's playing in the NCAA basketball. But so many times, the, the, these kids are coming from nothing. Um, and, and it's amazing they get to the point where they are, quite honestly. And, and thanks in large part to, you know, a mom and a dad or a mom or a dad or whoever it is that are raising these kids, grandparents, whatever it might be, um, that they're able to, you know, get to a point where they're, they're, they're playing basketball, they can get to practices, and then they can get a chance to get a scholarship. And for many, uh, very similar to, say, Latin American baseball players, uh, a chance to provide for their family for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get hurt, and it could be a serious injury, and all of those things now are in jeopardy. Now they can continue on to get their education. But you know what I'm getting at here. I mean, it, it, it's really sad. You know, we all look at it like, oh, man, what's going to happen to this team now in the NCAA tournament? I, I always think, you know, to myself, gosh, what's that mean to that kid and his family now? Yeah. I mean, was this kind of kid a chance to play pro? I don't know what his pro prospects are. I could look it up here and just kind of see what it, what it is here real quick. Well, but, you I mean, know what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know him. what his what his NBA prospects were, but I mean, he's an underclassman who was the heart and soul of this team as its point guard and probably its most important player, if not second most important player. And now all of a sudden he's out. That's it's just you got to regroup. You got to figure it out. And and. For the offensive issues that Tennessee has had, for a guy that important to go out and somebody that, you know, uses as many possessions as he does and scores like he does, I, I just, mm, it's really tough. Well, AJ points out that maybe uh, a professional player in Europe or Asia, uh, more than likely not the NBA. Okay, AJ, thanks for, uh, for uh, dropping that in there. All right, I'm going to throw it to the Hammeneggers. We got um, 11 o'clock, so roughly about 15 minutes. We got Paul Doherty coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about, and, and he wrote about this on uh, the morninglinesubstack.com about, you know, how the Bengals right now are boring because they've got the primary pieces that every franchise would want. But we're going to talk about the Bengals 
and their quarterback situation compared to the other teams now that they compete with in the AFC North? Because uh, you know, the Lamar Jackson thing, Deshaun Watson, now he's got a full year. He can go to the training facility, workout, practice, OTAs, training camp, all that kind of stuff uh, under his belt. Kenny Pickett is clearly the guy in Pittsburgh. Did a solid job last year. Not spectacular, but solid. Uh, the Steelers made the comment yesterday they want to keep Mitchell Trubisky around for a long, long time. And I tell you what, you could do a lot worse than having Trubisky as your backup quarterback. He's a hell of a lot better than Brandon Allen. No doubt. Um, so, Ham and Eggers, Mr. President, we turn it over to you. It's that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Well, <clears throat> Casey, we have some business to take care of here, don't we? We do. Talked about the Bengals, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Logan Wilson, Duke Tobin. You know why? You know why we talked about them? Outside of the fact that everybody listening to this is interested in it. It's because the people of Encore Technologies allowed us to talk about it. The, ba the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and... Productivity. Improve efficiency and... Productivity. Made up for yesterday when you were busy. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is a new premium alkaline water out, and it's right here in front of me. We, actually, we just got a shipment of it. We just Did you see that? They brought two, two more pallets of it out there. I know. I'm happy about brought that. It, brought it yesterday. Brought it during the show. I saw the guys. I almost, we should have had the guys come in. Pitch it live on the air. Yeah, I hate to put people on the spot on the air, but they were here. They dropped off two pallets of Pawnee water for the good people of Chatterbox Sports. And this is the new premium alkaline water, Pawnee. Made in Hamilton, Ohio, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also, quote, the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Drink Pawnee Water. Get your coffee from UDF. Bet with Betfred. Get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. Last bit of pubbing. Your show after Off the Bench. Yes. Not too picky today. Oh, that's a great question. I got to text Mike and make sure he's good for today. Uh, yes. Not too picky right after um, right after Off the Bench. We'll go through some of the college basketball, the uh, conference tournaments. Look at some of the conference tournaments. Look at uh, some of the college basketball for the weekend. We'll get your NBA pick. Um, oh, Chatterbox Reds. That's another thing to pub. Like the video, too, if you haven't liked this already. Like the video. Chatterbox Reds, Nick Kirby doing a daily show. Make sure you go and subscribe to that. I'm doing the rebound rundown if you want the college basketball stuff. So all through all, through all of our content. Um, Nick, actually, and, and Trace were live last night Yeah, that was YouTube. a good show last night, too. Very good. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. I'm going to go back and watch it this afternoon. Was it Was it good? Yeah, it was It was a good show. I caught half of it. Okay. Um, I missed the interview, but um, the rest of it, they, they, they go into deep details about the game, um, some of the, the storylines of the games, what they think the starting lineup will be, um, 
different things like that. And, and some of the, the guys that they're looking forward to for uh, spring training to maybe elevate up to the big leagues. Good. That's. Did I see where that is the 11th most popular baseball podcast on Apple podcast in the world? It is. Already? Yeah. It is. It's pretty amazing. Jack Very Fox. impressive. I mean, pretty amazing. Little uh, Chatterbox Sports. Chatterbox, baby. Right? Oh, yeah. It's not the size of the dog, right? No, that's right. right. That's size exactly right, Tom. It's a fight in the dog, right? Yep. Is that what the saying is? Yeah. No. Not size, not it's it. not the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight in the dog, right? Is that what it is? I don't think so. No. I, I think we're I on the right it up. Track. Casey, I know damn well you just screwed it up. <laughs> it's not, what is it? It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. There we go. That's what I said. No, you left out in the fight. You said it's the size of the dog, which I said. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the size of the dog. In the size. Right. Because I said the fight of the dog. Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. It's a big time show, man. You're learning stuff every single day. <laughs> But no, I mean, it's great stuff. And, and yeah. one of the questions they asked, I saw where McLean, shortstop, and everybody's talking about all these shortstops the Reds have running around, and you can move them, or you can trade them, you can do whatever you want. But Matt McLean uh, walked three times. He did not have official at-bat in the game yesterday. He walked three times and scored three runs. Now, you know, the most important part, uh, I thought, of yesterday's game and will continue to be as we move through spring training are these young starting pitchers uh hunter green did not have good numbers the other day but it's a spring training game and green felt great about his outing lodolo had very good numbers uh, in his two inning stint two days ago and now graham ashcraft comes back not great numbers again but not getting wrapped up in all that two innings three hits two runs um so you know I really love what Trace said during the Chatterbox Red show last night. There's only really one thing that should concern Reds fans at the current moment, and that is, is anyone hurt? Is everyone healthy? That is the case. It's a pretty good day for Reds. And I think right now everyone's healthy, and everyone is got a clean bill of health. As long as it stays like that, Throughout spring training, I think we'll be okay because we're going to see at least some improvement or we're going to find out the answers that we need to know about the Reds by the time the season rolls around. If, like, Nick Lodolo gets hurt and, and he's out for a significant amount of time, that just hurts the Reds regardless. I mean, yeah, of course he's hurt, but sure. you, you're out of the answers that you might have had before. Sure. So... Continue to play well. Continue to stay healthy, Reds. That's all we ask. That's all you can do, and you hope. And uh, they have a decision to make on who's going to be the opening day starter. That's always a big deal. Yep. You know, David Bell has not made that decision yet, along with Nick Crawl and the pitching coach, Derek Johnson. Is it going to be Hunter Green? Is it going to be Nick Lodolo? Safe bet it's one of those two guys. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's just a matter of which one it's going to be. Uh, the Encarnacion, uh, Encarnacion Strand kid had a big game yesterday. Uh, again, I understand it's only spring training, but, you know, you heard Chris Welsh, who was with us for an extended period of time yesterday. Uh, there's almost like a bunker-like mentality they're creating around there. 
Now, I would make the argument that this bunker-like mentality has been going on for a while for the Reds. I don't think this is anything that's new. That's a, the kind of environment that David Bell creates and, and you know, us against the world kind of thing. And, um, and that's fine. You get everybody to buy in. And it seems like uh, everybody's buying in. Nobody's expecting anything out of this team. Nothing good anyway. Um, and so, you know, I always say, and I know it's an old cliche, but, you know, they, they, they don't play the games on paper. You got to roll them out there, and you just never know what's going to happen. You really don't know what's going to happen. We saw that this year in the National Football League, and I know we're only playing one game a week. But how many times did we sit here and do our picks? Which, by the way, we have to give that money to charity. You're giving it to Special Olympics, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, I got I to gotta bring that in. We got to do a big ceremony around here. Big segment for it. Big segment for it. Yeah. For the $1,000 presentation that I will be giving in Paul's name to Special. the Special Olympics, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And okay. speaking of that, I we haven't really talked about it, but are we going to do brackets? Oh, there's no doubt. We got to – we got to – Oh, what? Casey. Oh, yeah. Like, are we going to put a similar thing, though, together where, like, you know – Get we got to figure right. out if we're going to do like a points. Everybody has different things for that, right? Are we going to do a point system? We'll just do it through ESPN. We'll just do a regular. No, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, are we going to, do they do, what do they do? So if you win a first round game, you get a point. Second round game, you get two. Third round, you get three. How does that work? Every, well, yeah. So it's 10 points for the first round. Every point doubles. The point value doubles as the rounds go mm -hmm. on. So 10 points for the first round games if you get one right. 20 points for the second round, okay. 40 for the Sweet 16, whatever. So that way, you're, you're rewarded more if you get the yes. national champion right. Uh, but, yeah, no, we will, we will be putting, just like we did the bowl challenge, and I'm sure that we will have a lot more people interested in this bracket challenge for the NCAA tournament. We will be doing that. Tom, you'll be in it, right? Oh, you better believe it. Okay. Um, now, um, all right, let's go, Paul. I asked you yesterday yeah. to come up with, what your day, if you could just sit around yes. and watch TV all day long, yes. now that conference tournaments are underway. Sure. I asked you to lay out for us today, because this is the first day where there are games starting right after our show is over. It kicks yeah. off with Appalachian State against South Alabama at 1230. These are all tournament games. Yep. Right? Smaller conference tournament games. But hugely important to the young men playing in these games with a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, right? Oh, no doubt. Okay, all right. So lay out for me, if you would, if you were home all day today, had no responsibilities and nothing to do, what would your day look like? Well, uh, it'd be... there are a lot of our viewers that have nothing to do today either. No, sure. It'd be pretty straightforward. So South Alabama and, and Appalachian State get started uh, in the Sun Belt. That's at 1230 ESPN+. Plus. We're on ESPN+, Plus all the way up until 7 o'clock tonight. Okay. There are, some, there are some decent games through the day. Evansville and Indiana State play at 3.30. I do want to watch that one. I know Evansville's broadcast really well. He's a really, really good friend of mine. Evansville has had a horrific season this year. They've had a really tough couple of years. Watch that game. Uh, Illinois State, the Redbirds out of Bloomington. Yes, indeed. Great no town. Northern Iowa, that's the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley is a good conference tournament. You get the, out there to Arch Madness, that's a, that is a great conference tournament, uh, and that starts today. Missouri Valley, there are three conference tournaments that start today. Uh, the Ohio Valley plays today. 
The Missouri Valley starts today. The Atlantic Sun plays today. The Sun Belt plays today. Horizon plays today. West Coast Conference plays today. And the Patriot League plays today. All throughout the day. My one question is, what time are you leaving yourself to go to Truist Arena? So I will be... I will... Where are you going? I'm going to the NKU game. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because you got to have... So that does throw a little monkey into the day. Do you have any responsibilities there for that game, or are you just going as a fan? I just... Here's my my responsibility, Tom, is to make up for Casey's absence and root for the both of us. That is my responsibility tonight, to bring home a win for my man Casey and for the rest of the loyal viewers here of this show that we can keep the North train rolling. We've already established that Casey had no idea until you brought it up that his alma mater was playing in the conference tournament tonight. <laughs> he had no idea. None. We've got a couple of uh, people uh, you know, uh, jumping in here. AJ says, I have a gambling problem. Mm. Says, I've got a ticket on South Alabama to win this conference tourney at plus 1,000. Paul, any thoughts? Have All you right. watched... South Alabama down in Mobile, Alabama. Look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched a ton of South Alabama this year, but they're a fringe top 100 Ken Palm team. They're not terrible. Sunbelt's a, a fun conference to watch. They're playing Appalachian State tonight. That's a game South Alabama – or this afternoon. That's the first game of the day. South Alabama should win that game. Um, they're not the favorites in the, in, the, uh, in the Sun Belt, I don't think. I have to go back and make sure I'm not thinking of a different conference. Um, but, hey, plus 1,000 on a – fringe top 100 team so that means you're betting 100 to win a thousand yes okay so um, you're you're winning 10 times whatever you bet i got you so what so um when seven o'clock rolls around tonight that's when you're starting to bleed into uh the crossover spots you said you're going to be at at truest arena over in highland heights okay at the nku game but if you were at home yeah okay you've got you know, you've got some interesting games that are regular season games. Michigan-Illinois is a very interesting game. There are some people that believe Michigan might not make the tournament. I don't think they'll make the tournament. Okay, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Illinois, you know, they have not had a phenomenal year compared to what people thought Illinois they would Illinois has be. just been a roller coaster. Right. But so, but you know what I'm getting at here. Oh, yeah. You've got some, you know, then you've got some conference tournament games of lesser conferences, lesser known schools. Where would you be if NKU wasn't playing? What would that 7 o'clock hour look like? Uh, it would be Michigan and Illinois for sure. UCF and Temple is a low-key good uh, uh, American conference all game. Right. That, those are both at 7. But if I was just watching one of those, I'd watch Michigan and Illinois. Okay. Then Purdue and Wisconsin, that's a really big game for Purdue because they've been on that slide yep. lately. They need to get back. Uh, that's to, at 9P. Yeah. You and, got Arizona State at UCLA. Well, and the big one tonight? Arizona at USC at 11. I will be very tuned into that game. You'll be watching that game. Arizona, yeah, that's ESPN at uh, 11 Eastern time. That'll, that will have my full attention until 1 a.m. What about Pepperdine v. Pacific at 11.30? All the waves. Why not? Let's fire it up. First round of the WCC. Come on, Tom. I know you're watching. Uh, no, there's no chance I'll be watching. Okay. I'm going to a high school basketball tournament tonight. Up at oh. UD Arena. I'm excited about it. I love high school basketball. I'll be I'll be there Sunday. I have to not at UD. Um, I have to work all day Sunday at the uh, the uh, I don't know what. It, there's a tournament, the high school tournament on Sunday at Cintas that they're hosting. Really? There's three games at Cintas. I have to do the stats for all day Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know what the I didn't ask what the round was. They had just 
Well, all of these uh, now, uh, I think, are district championships. So you've already played, depending on if you had to play in the first round or you got to buy. But for the teams that got to buy the higher seeds, you basically had to win two games so far to now get in a district final. Then you move on to a regional next week. Yeah. So I, I would assume that all of those games that you will be seeing, is it boys or girls? Don't know. Good Lord. <laughs> they just asked me a, a while why ago. Why do I ask? Um, I don't know. I'm sure somebody in the chat would know. I, look, I'm not – I'll be completely honest. I'm not very familiar with Ohio high school athletics and how they all work. I would know Kentucky better than I would know Ohio because I worked in Kentucky. But I don't, I don't, know, I don't know much about Ohio high school all athletics. All right, let's just see what happens if you type in here because we got Paul Dockery. Is he here yet? Uh, no, not yet. All right. Who's playing at Cintas Center? You said Sunday? Sunday, yeah. I think I'm there from like 1 to 8. Well, it is what comes up Cintas Center. That's all yeah, that comes know. up here. I just thought maybe I could I feel like somebody in. in the chat probably knows the answer to this question. D2? I don't know what that means. That could be, yeah. Who, the, who would that be? That'd be, uh, that'd be Taft. Oh, big Rayvon. time. Is Rayvon Griffith? Big time. Is Rayvon Griffith still on that team? No. He went to uh, some he kind transferred, of uh, didn't academy. He? But they're still, yeah. they're still unbelievable. Let's just check this out. See if D2 here real quick. So there's D3. This is D2. live. So it's all live. I mean, we're just checking it out. Um, yeah, boy, you're seeing a big time game. I am? A big time game. All right. You're going to see um, Dayton. Chaminade Julianne, the number one seed oh, against yeah. Wyoming. Wyoming is really good. Oh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys out of the Cincinnati Hills League. Yeah. That is a big time game. Okay. So you're, I mean, you're dialed in. Let's see. I, I guess there's probably a couple of others that are going to be over there, is my guess, uh, out of the Southwest District. If it, in, it stays D2. Oh, man. Are you seeing some games? Are you kidding me? You got number two Woodward taking on number two or number how can that be two? Oh well, two number twos. They've advanced a little further here. They will be taking on Dayton Dunbar. Okay, dude, you're going to see some big time basketball Sunday. I mean, these are guys that got players that are going to play D1 basketball. And then you have Kettering Alter. Oh, Alter. Okay, taking on number one seed Cincinnati Tap. Those are your games on Sunday. Those are three big league games. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So you have to give us a full report. I signed up on the schedule and just said I would help. I'm going to take a little video from UD Arena tonight. Okay. Yeah. Who's, is, is, is it Marymount? Marymount's playing okay. tonight against this team. I mentioned yesterday, uh, Cast Town, Miami East. They're 22-2. and two. Uh, And I mentioned earlier that the, the, the former great running back, I, I didn't know if the kid was from here or not, Curtis Enos, who used to be at Penn State, one of the best running backs they've ever had there. His son is the big star player for this Miami East team, which apparently is they're, – they're a really, really good team. And, uh, you know, but they don't come from the kind of conference that Marymount does. Marymount comes out of a bruising conference. That Cincinnati Hills League is a really good sports league in everything. So we'll see what happens tonight. We'll see what happens tonight. No doc yet? No doc yet. Is he yet. sleepwalking, or what? Did you send him a link? I did. I did send him a link. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to ask him, uh, what's the deal? 
Sir Boy Wonder, Paul's going to see nothing but stackers on inbounds plays. <laughs> now, Tom, I don't know if you saw the this uh, chat message from Boom Shakalaka, but he, he is willing. Don't say it out loud. I don't want to get him in trouble. I know where you're going. He wants me to get on the ESPN Plus train, correct? Yeah. We'll get you on that, Tom. Come on, Tom. It's the best in the biz until Chatterbox takes over. <laughs> Saturday night's the night at, at, at Dayton Arena. That's the big boys, D1. Mm. They got guys playing big time D1 basketball that are locking up there. You got Fairfield up the road down here. What a great team. Yeah. And they're playing against Huber Heights Wayne uh, as one of the games in Division One on uh, Saturday night. Uh, the D1 games are just – and it's taking nothing away from D2. Princeton's still alive. Taking on Moeller. You ever watch Moeller play? I called a game. I called a game, a Moeller, because I broadcasted for Covcath for four years. Um, so I did every one of their games, and Covcath played Moeller. So the first game that I did for Covcath, I think, was the first game after the the Moeller game at Covcath where Jackson Hayes played in that game. I didn't do that game. It was the next year where Deuce McBride played. Yeah. I mean, He's on the yeah. He's an NBA player now. Yeah, well, I think they had two NBA players from that team. Kid who went down to Texas. Oh, yeah, Jackson yeah. Hayes. But yeah, yeah. He, I didn't. So you didn't see him. Yeah, his team. Jackson okay. Hayes left. You. Yeah, they were there he, together was, the year yeah. before. Yes. Yeah. So I came in right after that game, and then the next year, the return game at Moeller, McBride was still on that team. I got you. And uh, yeah, that was fun. Other games, you have Elder uh, taking on. Who did I just see there playing? I think uh, Fairmont, and then you have. The Anderson Raptors, formerly the Anderson Redskins, taking on number one seed Centerville. Well, I'm telling you, there's big time. Um, big time high school basketball. A.J. jumps in the Crusaders. Miles McBride, Jackson Hayes, Jeremiah Davenport, all on the same high school yeah. team. They say that that team, uh, and I've talked to their coach over there, he said that team. Carl Kramer. Right? Wasn't he the coach at Moeller? Is it still Kramer? Yeah, yeah, Carl Kramer. Yeah. yeah. Great coach. Oh, yeah. Great coach. Um, Brian, you keep going on and on about not watching the Bobcats. I've watched the Bobcats this year. They're I'm all on ESPN+. Plus. I'm a little disappointed. Or maybe my son has a way of pirating that thing. Or maybe he joined it. He's got his own cash. So maybe that's how I'm <laughs> able to watch it at home. <laughs> There's Doc. Because he's dialed in. Doc is well, I mean, up. you know, for Paul Doherty, this is normally a guy who's on his game. He's on time. He's ready to go. You read his stuff for 30-plus years. Cincinnati Enquirer is the main sports columnist there. Uh, now you read him on the morning line that has stayed alive at Substack.com. Uh, apparently, uh, as I like to used to say all the time to the guys I worked around at, you know, down at the Red Stadium, are we working on a clock or are we working on a sundial? We're working on making sure. I mean, sure are we working on a clock or are we working on a sundial? Here he is. Here he is. He's coming. Doc, any answer to that question? I deserve it. Go ahead. Let me have it. Are you working off of a clock or a sundial there at your estate in beautiful Loveland, Ohio? Well, I mean, I'm retired, so I guess I'm working off a sundial, right? <laughs> You should be if you're not. 
that you've earned that. Well, I screwed up today, and I'm 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 so deeply involved in all these great thoughts I have on the morning line that I I totally forgot your show, man. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, believe me, a lot of people forget. This Hang show. on, let me adjust myself here, so to okay. speak. Okay. Well, what's that lid you got going there? What is that? That's this is the Reds opening day 2020 hat. That's a big league hat. I like that color. Looks good. Speaking yeah, of Major League Baseball here, I want to ask you, um, I, I read today um, where batting averages, and I know it's only spring training, but look, you know, you, you got to go with what you have, okay? Small sample size or not. Batting averages on the rise, on base percentages on the rise. And it's one of the reasons uh, or the primary reason given, Doc, one of the many rule changes, we'll get to the pitch clock in a minute, but uh, taking away the shift. I mean, how refreshing is it? You know, you and I are old enough to remember where you, you, know, you put the bat on the ball, you hit a ground ball in the center field, it's a base hit. You hook one through the yeah. right field, right side, base hit. I mean, it, 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 this is helping the game. It's outstanding. I, I, I find no, I take no issue with any of the rules changes, Tom. I mean, it's great. Reds' first game was two hours and 23 minutes, right? Um, it's fine. You know what could be ironic, though? I just thought about this. They're, they're, they're trying to make games shorter, and that's a great idea. But if there are more hits in games, maybe the games aren't shorter. But if the goal is to step up the pace, you're still doing a good job. I, th I think that the, the idea is the, the games necessarily are, are too long, but people will say that it's the pace not the length of games. I will say that length is paced, but if you're giving up more hits, obviously innings are going to last longer, but there's more action per inning, so maybe they, they kind of cancel each other out, right? Have you seen the uh, the thing on uh, – it's been posted everywhere on social media. Uh, have, have you seen the thing where they do the split screen – of the one at bat for David Ross in the National League Championship Series from three or four years, or, or it's been longer than that, uh, where he's in the batter's box and the pitcher keeps stepping off, Ross keeps stepping out. You know what I'm talking about here? And then they're yeah. showing to the left an entire half inning go by before more than one pitch is thrown in that at bat. This, yeah. this, is, this is, I think, and I don't mean to overstate it. Tell me if you agree. I think this has a chance to help save baseball. Well, I, I, yeah, it has to help. Help being a key word there. I mean, they, they've got to have a complete overhaul of their economics if they want to save baseball. But, but the fact that baseball fans can now go to a game at 7 o'clock with a decent chance of being home by 10 or 10, 15, that's, it's a nice step. But the, the, the economics need to be fixed, and I don't know if they can ever do that. All right, I want to shift gears over to football for a minute. Uh, in the morningline.substack.com, you wrote the other day um, about the Bengals right now. You know, it's not to say they don't have major decisions to make, but, but for the first time in a long time, as you pointed out, you know, they're, they're kind of boring, right? Yeah, boring this time of year if you're a football team is good. I mean, I'm looking at all this stuff going on with the quarterbacks, all these teams running around going crazy trying to find a quarterback. 
and, and you know, is what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? Are the Bears going to? Are, are they going to trade Justin Fields? Um, yeah, you know, you on and on and on. Well, what's Derek Carr's situation? What's Lamar Jackson going to do? And here the Bengals are, you know, in the proverbial catbird seat, not, not a care in the world at quarterback. And, and really, um, other than a couple of positions, they're, they're going to be drafted for depth. They don't have any really big needs, and, and that's a, a great spot to be in. And unusual for the Bengals, by the way. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Although, you know, I was thinking about it this morning. If you really look back over the history of the franchise, and it's going back to 68, you know, they've been very, very fortunate in, in terms of that quarterback position compared to most other franchises. I know they haven't won a Super Bowl, and they've only played in three of them. But, I mean, when you think back to Greg Cook and what he could have been uh, had he not been hurt, and then you get into the Kenny Anderson thing, you get into the Boomer Esiason thing, you get into the Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, now Joe Burrow. They've done okay at that position. I want to ask you, though, know, uh, go ahead, please. I would say other than the lost decade, you know, we had the Achilles Smith era and the David Klingler era and the Jeff Blake era and the Scott Mitchell era and the Gus Farad era. Um, th those were not good years, but, yeah. but I mean, your overall, yeah, your, your points well taken, but let me ask you this and, and look, I, I, you know, I'm not a general manager. You're not a general manager. We like to play general manager. All fans like to play general manager. I'm reading this article about Lamar Jackson and basically it's saying that if they can't get him signed to a long-term deal and they have to franchise tag him, and if they make that decision to tag him. He would jump into the average of the top five players at his position in the league, which means his price tag for this coming year would roughly be somewhere between 35 and $45 million. It would mean the Ravens would have hit the salary cap limit and they can't go out and do anything whatsoever to improve their team. Everybody knows they need wide receivers. They need another cornerback. They need all these other things. Lamar Jackson is one in three in playoff games. And he's only played, he's missed 12 of the last 33 games that they've played. Mm -hmm. if, you yeah. ran the, if you ran the Ravens, what would you do? Uh, yeah, man, I, yeah, it's, it's a tough deal. I, I guess, you know, he, he's still a really good player uh, uh, and a really impactful guy. He just can't stay on the field. I, I think for the overall health of the franchise, they got nobody else. Uh, they, they can try and draft somebody, but, but who knows? I, I, I do my best to get him signed long-term, cross my fingers, and, and then hope he can continue to progress as a backup, or as, I'm sorry, as a uh, uh, typical, prototypical drop-back quarterback. You know, try to keep him in the pocket as much as possible. And I think they're starting, they were starting to do that. And he was starting to look like, a, you know, a guy who's able to stay in the pocket and make throws. Um, that might take a little bit away from their offense, but it, it would give them a, a solid foundation around which, around whom to build. I guess, you know, yeah, I, I would, I would suck it up and, and give him a, a really, a really good deal and, and cross my fingers from now until the end of time that he doesn't get hurt again. Well, they're going to have to, you know, the, the general manager, DeCosta, made the comment yesterday that, that he is really hoping, and, and Lamar Jackson is his own agent, um, 
you know, that they can get a long-term deal so they can structure that thing to give him some wiggle room because if they have to, they're forced to give him 35 or $45 million this year. Right. They are in a boatload of trouble. Bengals have some big decisions to make, though, Doc. Uh, you know, the offensive line thing we've talked about, um, you know, the, the, the safety position, Bates and Bell right now, free agents, they don't have a single tight end on the entire roster. Uh, and then you've got the situation on the offensive line, what you're going to do. They, they, they have some big decisions to make over there. Well, as, uh, and Joe Mixon, too. Yeah, right, right. They want to cut Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they do. I tend to think that, that uh, Von Bell will be around. I think he's pretty important, uh, depending on what Jesse Bates wants. If he wants to be paid like an elite safety, they may or may not do that. The Bengals have never really... I'm trying to think. They've never really valued that position highly. Safety has never been a big, big position uh, for this club. So that could be a tough one. Um, if I'm the Bengals, I find a free agent lineman. Uh, the, the kid from Tennessee, the guy from Tennessee who'd been there a long time, Lawan, yep. he's available. I, yep. I would not try to draft my way into being, building my offensive line right now. You got that limited window of, of, of Joe Burrow and, and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and on and on. I, I'd rather have a veteran proven who knew what he was doing like they did last year than, than, than go out and get a rookie lineman. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've got issues. But like I wrote the other day, they're, they're just kind of they're kind of run-of-the-mill salary cap type free agency issues. Uh, they, they got nothing really – Really pressing, I, I wouldn't think. And that's really a great spot to be in. Yeah, it sure is. There's no doubt. All right, Doc, we thank you as always for your time. Enjoy your weekend. Any big plans? Anything going on? Um, no. <laughs> Not a damn thing, bro. It's going to be cold. I'm, I'm working at the, uh, at the Hickory Woods Cart Barn on Saturday. Anybody who wants to play golf and 40-degree freaking weather can come over and say hello. Hey, why not? What course is open, right? 40 degrees, course is open. Yeah, well, some people like it like that. Not me, but at least I'm getting paid. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, I gave up, you know, drinking alcohol for Lent, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm not in a good way. Not in a good way. Yeah. I'd no. never do that. I would no, never I, do that. I don't know why I am, quite honestly. I have no idea. Yeah. All Thank right, you. I'll be spinach or something. All right, man. All right, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. I mean, you too. It's it, you know, it's not that like you you're an alcoholic because I'm not that. I never drink at home ever. Drink at home. You know, I don't come home not one of those guys. I and mean, look, I, a lot of guys do it. I mean, I could care less. Not judge anybody. Uh, you know, a lot of guys will come home, pop open a beer when they get home. You know, long day of work, that kind of thing. Maybe they play in a, you know. Uh, softball league or whatever it might play, come back, pop one open on a summer night. You know, I'm more just a social drinker. But um, you drink the Pawnee water. Yeah, and that's all I'm drinking now is Pawnee water. Right across the street. We just got a uh, delivery of it. We did? Yeah. It's the best tasting water in the world. We're really hoping those guys from UDF can start putting this stuff inside of uh, their stores. Because it's different from any other bottled water you're buying. By the way, their filtration system is and limestone. It's all natural. It's, it's, it really is the best tasting water we've had. So I'm hoping that, um, that that whole deal works out. I've had a couple other friends of mine who are involved in very small businesses, and they're starting to ask about Pawnee water quite a bit. 
So there we have it. Uh, a couple of uh, things from the chat before we get to uh, the tracer. Joshua says, I think letting Bates walk could have the same effect as when they let Witt walk. Wow. Okay. You value the position more after they leave than when they were here. Mm. Thing is, I could have seen paying, and I would have paid, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, left tackle is left tackle. Outside of the quarterback, I don't know if there's more valuable position, especially if you've got a great quarterback, uh, than left tackle. I'd have paid Witt. There's no way he's walking out the door to go play for anybody else. He'd have started and ended his career as a Bengal. I think if, if, the, if, if, the, if the ownership thinking that they have today was the same as it was, say, four or five years ago, I think Whitworth would still be here. I think he'd still be the starting left tackle for this franchise and would not have retired. He was still that good when he was playing. He didn't have to walk away because he was an ineffective player anymore. But a safety, I'm kind of with Doc on that one. I bring Von Bell back. You got Dax Hill back there. You drafted him when you drafted him for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they can't keep everybody. Jesse Bates, I'm not keeping for $17 million a year. That's not happening. He's been a good player, really good player for this franchise. Team guy, cares, all that stuff. He did hold out in camp, but that's a business side of the business. Got no problem with that. You wouldn't pay him, would you? No, I'm not paying him that money. I mean, I'm, I'm in the camp that they've already made their decision. It's time for Dax Hill to start. Um, Potentially re-sign Von Bell and go get a guy for like maybe $4 million to back up um, back up Dax Hill and let Tyson Anderson maybe get a, another year or two to develop um, behind Von Bell. That, that's, what I'm, that's where I'm at on that. Well, you know, there was, a, there was an interesting point made about the leverage Von Bell is going to have if the Bengals don't bring Bates back. I think that Dax Hill... What's he started? One or two games? Or not even started. Maybe he was in there as a fifth defensive back because of all the injuries they had. But basically, uh, he's played virtually minimal snaps in his first year as a a, uh, NFL player. And the Anderson kid has not played a single snap. No. Are you going into next year with those two guys as your starting safeties? Does the contract money for Von Bell go up? I'd pay Von Bell today. I wouldn't wait around on anybody else right now. I know you got big, big, big deals to do, but I'd get the Von Bell thing done today and just go ahead and have a press conference and announce it. He wants to be here. They want him here. Lou Anarumo talked uh, extensively yesterday in Indianapolis about what it would look like without both Bates and Bell. I think he referred to it as a very dark day. Those were the words of Lou Anarumo yesterday in Indianapolis. I'd get the bell thing done now, but it's not my money. I don't, you know, I don't make it uh, a habit to tell people how to spend their money. It's not my money. But, you know, we all like to play general manager, and Bell would be, he, he seems like he would be the easiest one to get done. Paul, that seemed fair to yeah. you? Yeah, from everything we've talked about here on the show, I, I just kind of go back now looking at, you know, Casey, as you pull that up about Dax Hill and the whole Jesse Bates thing. I think, I think it's time. 
right? I, where Again, this goes back to the same point that I've made over and over and over again about the priorities of what the, the Bengals are trying to do here in this offseason. What, what are they focusing on? What are they prioritizing? Where do they want to spend their money? I thought it was really interesting, that article, not, not that it's rocket science to know, but the article I read yesterday about how direct the Bengals have been with, with the naming rights and what they want to use the money for, with the yeah. naming rights to paying Joe and his extension and how they realized they needed the money and wanted to prioritize that money and everything. I just, we all knew it. You know, everybody joked in the Paycor, Pay Joe Stadium. I, we all joked about it, but seeing it that directly and, and reading it all flushed out, it was just just all the uh, just all the things you think about now here in the off season. Yeah, and I'm just looking at um, I'm looking at Dax Hill's numbers. Um, he only started one game, yeah. and that was against Tampa, and he was a slot corner yep. that game, yep. so he was out of position. That's when they had everybody hurt. Awuzier gotten hurt. Apple was nicked up. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing against Tom Brady and he gave up a touchdown that game. The other game that really stands out is the the um Buffalo game. He played really well that game, which gives you hope. I mean, if you're going to look at him against top talent talented quarterbacks, um Tom Brady and Josh Allen, I think he did he he played well enough to Make you think that he he can take over that role there, uh, uh, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates' role. Um, I just can't believe you know. And I look, I I'm not in on the meetings. I don't know, but I ju- I just sit there and I say to myself sometime, and this is where you get into that whole debate about agents and the player, who's the boss, you know, the whole kind of thing, right? The, right. The, the player is the boss, and we'll ask Tracy Jones about this in a second, but. I think to myself, if I'm Jesse Bates, and apparently he was offered a multi-year contract at better than $17 million a year, and he turns it down because he thinks he can do better than that. And now all of a sudden he goes through a franchise tag year. He, um, you know, he's going to test the free agent market. We'll see. Maybe he ends up, you know, snake eyes on that deal or, or hitting the lottery. Maybe he gets paid $19 million a year over the next five years. I don't know. But let's bring in our main man, the Tracer, Tracy Jones. Uh, boy, I can just tell by the setting there. Uh, <laughs> out there in, um, in California, is it still snowing? I saw where your good friend, not my good friend, but your good friend, Governor Gavin Newsom, has declared a state of emergency out there in California because it snowed? Well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal in California if it rains, Tom. You know that. And I was out a couple of days ago, and I actually sent the boys when you were out. Uh, I don't know what you were doing. Did you ever hear the story of Wally Pip? Did you ever hear that story of Wally Pip and Luke Gary? I have. Just remember, you can be replaced. Wally Pipp was replaced by Lou Gehrig. 2,130 games later, where was Wally Pipp? Well, I've already Um, been replaced in multiple other jobs, so that would be nothing new. (laughs) But all seriousness, I've never seen it come down as far as the hail. It was kind of a combination of hail and snow, and there was hail and a little bit of snow on the beaches in Southern California. Now listen, Tom, I've seen a lot of things, but I've never seen that in Southern California. It has rained. I'm barely seeing the sun today. Weather's changing. 
I don't, I don't know what's happening, but weather is definitely changing here in Southern California because this is the second time I've been here and it's done nothing but rain. So a little disappointing. By declaring a state of emergency, and I don't want, you know, maybe there's something I haven't read that would warrant that. Um, could you help me there? I mean, is there something that would actually warrant a state of emergency, a declaration by your governor, Gavin Newsom? Let me say this, he will run for president. You know that. Biden isn't gonna run for president. Newsom is the guy they want. Last year, they had a surplus of $100 billion, California. This year, they're $22 billion in the hole, if yep. you can believe that. That's what a great job Gavin Newsom is doing. Who knows what the hell? Hey, let's worry about the homeless people that when I'm driving, on 101 that I see over the overpass. Let's worry about those veterans that have no place to live, that the veterans commit suicide, you know, what is it, 24 of them every single day. Let's worry about that instead of the, the Green New Deal and uh, state of emergency. There, there's no emergency. There was a little rain and there was a little hail, but that's it, Tom. It's not a big deal. Well, you know, uh, it, it all comes back to really, Tracer, and I mean, you're the exception rather than the rule. There's a lot of soft out there in Southern California. Oh, uh, it's, it's disgusting. You know, you talk, about, you talk about participation trophies. You know, that crap started in Southern California, and it started with soccer, the whole grass fairy guys, you know what I'm... Yeah, it was all about them getting a trophy, right? You got a trophy, you finish in last place. That stuff started in Southern California. Yep. Remember, we're always about 10 years ahead of you people. And it just, it is, it used to be such a great place to grow up. I mean, you've got the girls, uh, you've got the weather. Uh, We've got girls got here girls, in Ohio. What weather. are you talking about? We got beautiful women here in Ohio. Different leg, Tom. You know that. You come on, shake yourself. You know it's a little different. Even the girls have gotten not that attractive, to be quite honest with you. There. I mean, I, I miss Kentucky. I miss Ohio, and I'm going to get on a plane Sunday night, the red eye, and come back to Kentucky, where I feel very comfortable. Those are my people. Yep. Of course, doubt. I'll be taking. Going to be taking a first-class flight with my dog, Tucker. He'll be flying first-class and get back to You're bringing to my home Tucker with... on the plane in first-class? Now, I, you know, look, I have no problem with it. I'm the biggest dog lover, animal lover on the right. planet, okay? I mean, I got no problem with it. But right. you mean to tell me that you've never had a problem getting up there in first-class when somebody brings their dog or their cat or whatever it might be along on a flight? Well, I think it's a lot different for me because being a Major League Baseball player, there's some perks that I have that other people don't. But you know what? I will have Tucker. He'll, you know, it costs me 125 each way to bring Tucker. But he'll sit on my side. Danae's going to stay and help her sister. And, uh, you know, but I've got to get home. The weather's been bad. The people are goofy. They're just goofy. Jolly Jolly out in California says... Um... We still have numerous cities without power and snowed in and cannot leave. He does acknowledge, yes, soft Cali out here. Coming from Santa Barbara, Tracy. 
Yeah, it's a little different here in Santa, you know, Santa Barbara. Actually, I'm in Ventura, a little bit south of Santa Barbara. Yeah, you know, well, Ventura take... is still the big leagues, too. That's a big league area. It is. What, uh, what's his name, Jolly Jolly? Yeah, See, he's, he's, a, he's about... a Hamilton, Ohio guy, but he's a big wig with Fox. Uh, mm. I mean, big, big, big time guy. NFL, uh, NASCAR, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he, he's a native Buckeye at heart, loves his hometown, but he is a California guy now. But, but he's, he's probably having blackouts where there's a pecking order, right? You would like go Santa Barbara, uh, you know, down the, you know, Englewood would be down on the totem pole right down here. So he's, he's probably somewhere where the ham and eggers are familiar with and not the uh, high-end people where I'm staying at, at the, the beach house here in Ventura. Danae's, uh, Danae's mom. Yeah, well, that's the one with a fancy Porsche, right? Porsche 268 tax and license for a 70-year-old, Tom. And I was hoping to get a video of me driving. Well, first of all, I don't drive because I'm a horrible driver. Danae driving and taking a video of life in Southern California, maybe going up and down yeah, the coast. Yeah, I asked Ronald. you about this weeks ago uh, when you were going back out there to, to kind of give us a feel for what we're missing. Now, Ventura, though, is a little more spread out right you've got people that have a decent uh plot of land for lack of a better term couple of acres multiple acres not on the beach necessarily but you right. know what i'm saying right it's a lot more spread right. out there in ventura it's spread out it's actually a really nice area yeah. and actually a sleeper area yeah all kidding aside it's yeah. very nice and like not discovered because there's a lot of uh, canals uh, right on the water, like I said, it's the strawberry capital, I think, of the world. There's a lot of uh, picking, migrants picking, which is great. Uh, it's just not crowded, and I like it. I like the people. I like, I just like it here in Ventura. It's a good place. Now, when I make the trip down to LAX, go south on the 405, not digging that at all, Tom. Well, not no at doubt. all. No doubt. Hey, now, listen, I was, I was talking about something before you came on, and, and, and I, th this is something I have really, um, I'm not going to say it's bothered me. I don't spend a ton of time thinking about it. But, you know, as you go through covering sports, as, as I've been fortunate to do for 30-plus years doing baseball, 25-plus in the NFL uh, before the wheels came off, um, the, you know, the, um, I, I was always amazed by – and I'm one of the guys in this world who gets along beautifully with Scott Boris. My dad doesn't at all. Uh, and a lot of other people don't at all. I have always really gotten along with him. And I think for his clients, he does a phenomenal job. Not just their contracts, but their overall well-being. Uh, whether it's physically, uh, emotionally, mentally. Uh, you know, he, he's really on it. Okay, and maybe not every agent is that way. I don't know. But at the end of the day for you when you were playing. Were there ever times where you said to your agent, hey, man, you know, your ideas are really good, but, but this is what I want to do. So just go make it happen. You know, I never had that conversation because I really wasn't put in that position. I, I will say this, the, the first three contracts that I was involved in, I actually finalized the deal, went in and talked to the general manager and finalized the deal. Hey, let's get this done. I don't want to go to arbitration. I don't want any hard feelings. 
you know, that money's good, let's get it going. You know, you talked about Bates and going somewhere else and rolling the dice. Tom, I think if you've had success somewhere, I think you stay there. They're familiar with you, you're allowed a couple of yeah, mulligans. If you be given that same lean room right, to, 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 to do what you're doing on the field. If I was Bates, so what if you don't, you're not going to get 20 million, but let's say you get 12 million. Does it really make a difference? Well, I don't know if it makes a difference. I mean, look, $8 million is a big spread. I, I don't think that if you believe what you read, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to get even to that kind of spread. I think it conceivably in his best case scenario is going to be one of those where it could be a $2 million spread. Now you're talking about a little right. bit different ball game. I think the uh, energy, the electric, uh, the, the grid out there in Southern California might be um, uh, going in and out on us, Tracer. Yeah, I, I apologize. I've called John Burns, Encore Technology. Remember, yep. he is the smartest guy in the Midwest. And I've had John, he wanted to take the, uh, the jet, the Encore Technologies jet here to Southern California and fix my issue. Uh, we have terrible... Uh, internet service, and I apologize. Is it breaking up all the well, time? Well, it's better now. Uh, we have a question here. Sir Boy Wonder, a regular, wants to know, you know, if you're out there in Southern California, Tracy, and this is where I love getting into different topics because there was a time you went to these kinds of places. You may not go anymore. Maybe you do. Uh, but you certainly mm -hmm. know people who do. Uh, you know, if you're going to go hit, hit, hit the nightlife there in Southern California, wh what are you doing on, on a Friday, Saturday night? Back in my days at high school, I would go, and this is a true story. I, <laughs> I get all liquored up, right? A six pack of Mickey's. And I would head to the Whiskey and Go Go or the Troubadour yeah. or Madame Wong's. Do you know those places? Uh, I do. I do. I know them all. I know them all. I would run the streets so hard. And, and I'm sure people are saying, well, how did you get into those places? Because they're 21. Well, my friends all bounced at those places. Mm. So we would go in and have a hell of a time. I saw Motley Crue play at the Whiskey A Go Go back in the 80s before they were anything. I saw Van Halen play. I saw, you know, Pat Benatar. I saw the Go Go's. I mean, I saw bands play way before they were established. It was so great growing up in Southern California. And uh, some well, really, really the good other times. other joint, the other famous music joint? You, you said the Troubadour and the Go-Go. There's one I'm forgetting there. Very famous I know. place. Um, I know. And, it's not the Roxy. It's, it's something else, right? No, it's the Roxy. And I'll remember it because we, there was like three or four. There's actually four or five of the places that we would go. You talking about a good time back in the 80s, Tom? I mean, I would dress. Now, if you can get a visual. My parachute pants, yeah. my members only jacket, <laughs> my mullet, my blonde mullet, not my gray mullet. And I would just, I mean, back were you then, wearing the, were you, were, were you wearing, because they weren't big yet. They got big, uh -huh. basically, with some of the bands you just referred to. Uh, I mean, were you wearing like the, the, the bandana headband, you know, that kind of thing? Because, you know, Loverboy really got that thing going. Actually, I went to see Loverboy and 38 Special. Loverboy's lead singer, and I don't know what his name is. He's nothing but a fat bastard now. I saw him. He, he's out of shape, still wearing the headband, and they were terrible. But, yeah, I dressed accordingly, uh, occasionally headband. 
but I just thought I was looking good. And you talk about pulling some wool back in those days, literally wool, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> you know, the 80s were a little different than they are now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they were. They were. That, that's for sure. Uh, Ham and Eggers, you would like to say uh, good morning to the Tracer? Good morning, Tracy. How you boys doing? Tracy, what, what is that? What is the background behind you? I can't tell what I'm looking at. Is that like a, is it a painting? What is that? It, it looks like somebody threw something question. at it. Okay, I don't think we need insults. To it's this, not this an insult. It's a beautiful yeah. painting, but it looks like somebody threw something at it. Here's the deal. This was actually part of a fence. And my mother-in-law is so creative. She says, you know what? Don't throw that away. Cut it up. Make it a picture. And that's what you have. So it, that's actually came from a from a, uh, a fence, and it's made a, into a a picture, which that's I think really is pretty cool. cool. That's really cool. It's really cool. It's she really cool. Hey, can like I talk? A, a very interesting woman to me, Tracer. I mean, seventy years old or not, I mean, she's obviously got a little cash. Uh, she must yeah. be very smart. She's very creative. Um, she she sounds like you know. Uh, for for some some uh, you know older guys out there that maybe you know they they've lost their wife or maybe things didn't work out with the first wife second wife third wife whatever it might be, she seems like she'd be quite the catch. Am I wrong there? No, she's great. She's a great catch, and she has me manage a lot of things as far as business. And the first thing, if you're interested uh, in my uh, mother-in-law, you can email me. <laughs> at tjwlw at yahoo.com. And please send me your last five year tax returns because we're not <laughs> gonna have some broke ass, some brokey, you know, get into this family. You've gotta be, uh, you gotta be well to do, but send your last five year tax returns, see what we can't do. tjwlw at yahoo.com. I can't believe interested. you just gave out that, that email address. I mean, you're going to hear from Lord knows who. Lord knows who. So it'll be all positive. What about young guys? Is she, is, would she like young guys, like in their 30s and 40s, those kind of guys? Uh, she likes rich guys. She likes, she likes guys that are well-to-do, that are smart, that are funny. Uh, she hasn't been married since, you know, she... She got divorced probably 40 years ago. Wow. So I'm not sure she's really looking, but she is a very nice woman. Um, really top-notch. Love her. She's a great woman. Well, that's really nice of you to say about your mother-in-law. Hey, hey, can I say, can you say that about your mother-in-law? Yes, I can. I, you know, I mean, I love her. She's a great grandmother, a great mom, uh, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. She's basically lived with us since, uh, since we got married. Uh, she had a, 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 a build her own uh, residence on, on a bigger property we had living out in Arizona. Um, and, and now she lives across the street from us here in Cincinnati. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, but she spends a whole winter out there in Arizona. So, you know, she's been gone for quite a while. Well, Tom, I was thinking about her the other day. Uh, I don't know if the boys told you big news on Tuesday. I'm getting a bobblehead. Uh, it's August 16th, 
at the uh, you alls game, Freedom, or the, the Florence you alls, the independent team. It's not you alls. It's a, the Florence uh, y'alls. You're a, can you just said you, they're your people in Kentucky. They're the Florence. Right, but that's a California. Not you alls. You people, you alls. Yeah, so <laughs> how many? What can I do? Can I put you down for a couple of bobbleheads? Maybe one for you. Are they, Are you being serious for, about this? You're really having a bobblehead me. night at the Florence Jaws game for Tracy Jones? And I'm being, I'm being serious. And actually, it's a big deal. I'm very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Right? You should be excited about it. Who wouldn't be excited about it if they had a bobblehead? I think it's very nice that the UALs did that for me. August 16th in Florence. Dude, if you keep calling them UALs, they might pull the plug on this deal. It's not the Florence UAL. There's a huge water tower that you've seen before as you're driving on 7175 there before it splits, right? And all of a sudden, it says Florence Y'all. Y apostrophe A-L-L. Y'all. Not Y-O-U apostrophe A-L-L. Paul, could you set him straight on this deal? No. This is a big deal. He's right. He's right. What, Who's right? It's the... No, you're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. Oh, come on, boys. Potato, potato. What's the difference? Well, I work, I, I work for him, Tracy, so I'm a little defensive of the brand. I mean, I, I'm not an English major, but I'm pretty sure the correct way to say it is you all, not y'all. I don't think y'all is a... Thank word. you, Casey. Dude, if they believe me, whatever they call that modern-day dictionary thing now, what do they call urban it? Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. I can promise you in the Urban Dictionary, there is something with y'alls. Although they probably look down their nose at people that say y'all. The Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Hey, hey, can I speak to Casey for just a second? Because I've been thinking about Casey lately. Casey? And his whole marriage thing. It's coming Casey, up, are Tracer, you there? getting close. I know it is. Casey, listen, I've been thinking about this whole marriage thing. I consider you a high-value man, okay? I really do. Mm. And I consider your fiancé, and I don't know her, is a high maintenance woman, okay? So I, I'm really thinking this is like this is like mixing oil and water, and I think it's a bad combination. It's it's as bad as a case. You're like a two liter of Coke, and she's like a roll of Mentos. So what happens when you put one of those wow. Mentos in a two liter of Coke? It explodes, and I'm just worried that. I just, I don't think it's a good match. I don't know. Am I wrong on this? I mean, I, I would say that's a great match. I, I, it's exciting. So you, it's you, you, so you, I just want to make sure you think Tracy is accurate in that assessment, that analogy. Oh, um, did I hear you right? Uh, or I misunderstood uh, uh, you. Uh, foot and mouth. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say exactly that. But I, I mean, it's, it's Casey, you just said you were the word you expert. Just you just said, said it. it. So go ahead, the point you were going to make. I was going to say that Coke and Mentos is very explosive, just like you said, and that can be a good thing. It can be fiery. It can be exciting. Mm. That's a good combination. 
Tracer, <laughs> I mean, you have any thoughts on that play? You, but Casey, you don't have anything else to add to that? I think that I feel like Tracy actually brought his A game here today, rare albeit, and that he thought long and hard about that kind of Easy, analogy. Easy, And yet you basically have just pushed it off to the side. Well, I mean, I... <laughs> Casey, I want you to sit. Okay, here's and stop the, come here. For about hey, wait a minute. Seconds. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I've got answers, okay? Real quick, Tracy. I don't want to interrupt you, Tracer, but real quick. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Alexandria is in the chat right now. And so she asked a question. So you think, or maybe she's asking it to Casey. She is asking it to Casey. She says, So you're agreeing with Tracy that I'm high maintenance? But Tracy, please continue. I just wanted to let you know she's watching no. right now. Alex, you need you know what, Alex? You need to take notes too. Okay, here's what you do before you get married. You need to do a personality trait. You need to do a personality kind of quiz to really understand if you're ready for marriage and that you're the marrying type. Listen, I like 31 flavors. I like different women. And my wife knows that, right? It's tough to settle down with just women. That's the way us men are. Okay, that's what you need to do. Second, now this is very important before you get married. So one, you take a personality test. Number two, go down to the county court and go to the domestic relation. And I want you and your fiance, what's her name, Alex? Alexandria. Alex, Alex, let's just call her Alex, let's keep it short. That's the only way I can remember. Go to the courtroom and sit in that hallway and see the people with their lawyers crying and just going through four people paying a lawyer $350 a minute or an hour. That was the worst time of my life was going through that. But go to the courtroom, domestic relationship, and just sit around for two hours and look at that couple. Do they look happy? But that's a possibility. Remember, this marriage thing is 50-50. And then if you both agree that, hey, it's going to last Go get yourself a prenuptial agreement. Both sides are represented by each, you know, each has, has a lawyer, and then we'll see what happens. But those are my three suggestions for the high value man, which Casey you are, and the high maintenance woman uh, your fiance is. Hmm. Now I tell you, there's a lot there to digest. But I gotta tell you, uh, the tracer should know. There might be something to all this. Do you think uh, Alexandria, maybe she could answer in the chat since she's watching right now. Casey, would you be willing to do all of those three things that Tracer just suggested? Look in the mirror, take a long, hard look, personality test. Right. Yeah. Two, go hang out for a couple of hours down at the local county courthouse, okay? Mm -hmm. Three, and last but not least, the old prenup. So... Are you willing and open to any or all of those ideas from a tracer? Um, man of experience, man of experience. Oh, it hurts. You know, you know, Tracy, as much as I appreciate the thought and the advice, <laughs> I don't know if I'll actually follow through with any of those. Okay. I, I, I've been with her for five years now, so I think that's relatively... You know, I've lived with her for over a year. So I've had a pretty good personality test that way. Just Okay, well, Paul's lived with his girl for five years, and they're getting ready to break up. So what does that tell you? 
But Tracer, you and I both know, okay? We're men of the world, right? Uh, we both know you could live with somebody for 17 years. But the second you're married, there are some things that start to change. Yeah, it's just, it's really difficult. I don't think being married is natural. You know, there's only two animals that are faithful, and that's the platypus and the hippopotamus. Every one of the animal species ventures out. And it's just, I don't I think, think penguins it's stay together too, if I'm not mistaken. I think penguins. I, I know, I forgot the other one. It's platypus and penguins. I forgot <laughs> the other one. But there are only two animals that are faithful. I'm waiting for Alexandria. She has basically disappeared. Oh, okay. She's, how about this, Tracer? She says, okay. hey, I'm a big breadwinner here. Casey can get the prenup. Now. Now you're talking, we're getting down to brass tacks here now. See, I, I've, she's the one with the money. Let me give you the golden rule, okay? The man with the gold or woman with the gold makes the rules. Your fiance, Casey, makes the rules. So if she says to clean, you clean. You, if she says to cook, you cook. If she says to stop gambling, well, that's a problem. You can't stop. <laughs> Can you, you degenerate gambler? Well, I mean, it's kind of, uh, well, uh, yeah, she is the breadwinner currently. But that'll change. That's right. That'll, that'll change. change. That'll yep. change. Yep. As Chatterbox As grows. Chatterbox grows. That's exactly right. We're all in this in, in, a, in a budding building operation here. <laughs> But I mean, uh, Alexandria, I mean, our chat has absolutely blown up. Everett, Everett oh my God. Um, Tracy was stunned on that reply. Uh, Alexandria, uh, I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's insane, the reply to Tracy's golden rule. Hey, Casey, can I give you one more piece of advice on that prenuptial agreement? <laughs> yes. You ready for this? Yeah. Do you have a pen and paper there? Are you taking notes or are you just trying to... Here, I, I've got in the, I got in that prenuptial pen, agreement. Pen. Yeah, in that prenuptial agreement, you want to put in a weight clause, oh, and every no. month you want your <laughs> wife clause. to hop on that scale to see where she is. All right. Okay. So if she's five pounds, that's all right. But she gets over that ten pound thing. It, you know that could be. A, that could lead to a divorce. Can you make sure you get that? <laughs> 10 pound limit. Got it written down. <laughs> and, and when right. do you do the official weigh-in to start get that, it. Tracer? Do you do that like a week before the actual wedding? You do it like a couple of days after the wedding? When's the weigh-in? It has to be probably right before well, you, the wedding, like a heavyweight fight, right? Right, you do it before the wedding. Just kind of give her a heads up so she can maybe die. And then every first of the month, uh, you want her to hop on that scale. Well, she just chimed in and says this should go for Casey as well, right? Said get him on the scale too. I tell you, I like her fire. I like her fire. Yeah. Yeah. C Casey's a high value man just looking at him. So, yeah, I don't, Casey's, Casey's fine. Casey's going to be very successful betting on women's basketball. 
<laughs> All right, Tracer, we'll let you go. Enjoy sunny or snowy or rainy. It never rains in California. I love that song. Bill Hemmer yeah, and I used to sing that song every Sunday night at the Blind Lemon. When we would get off work, we'd go up there about midnight, Walter Brown behind the bar, Jill Slipka, one of the uh, waitresses in there. We'd go up there with a whole fleet full of people and go in there, and Billy and I would get up on stage and sing that song. It never rains in California. You know the song, right, Tracer? Yeah, who's it was a one-hit wonder kind of a guy. I can't remember his name. But, uh, yeah, big-time song. Yeah, well, let's try to keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. You, you mean, know what? We didn't not even sing talk it? about the pitch clock. We didn't even talk. Well, we're going to do that yeah, next don't, week don't because I want to get some more data. Uh, I want to, That was by uh, Albert Hammond, by the way. It Never Rains in Southern California, released in 1900. And 72. Paul and Casey weren't even, I mean, they, they were around nowhere. All right, Tracer, we're getting into all the baseball stuff next week. You'll be coming home Sunday night, so you'll be back in uh, Bellevue, Kentucky when we next visit, correct? Yes, I'll be back in Bellevue. We'll have a better connection next time. I apologize. Okay. That's all right. Have all a right. good weekend. Tracy, have, have a, a great weekend. weekend. Absolutely. You guys. Laura. That's your dad, right? Yeah, that's my dad. He says the blind lemon. That is the spot. That is the spot. There's no doubt about it. Eddie and Pat Shepard have owned that place forever. Um, Chatterbox karaoke night, says Jordan. Mm. Before we go, do you guys sing karaoke when you go in a karaoke bar? Yay oh, or yeah. Nay? Oh, no, no. I, I, I am a massive karaoke Are guy. you? So what do you like to sing? What are your matter. top two or three? It doesn't matter. I know, but if you had to pick one, what would it be? Oh, well, there's, there's, the, I mean, there's the real easy Gen, Gen Z ones, like, you know, the killers, like Mr. Brightside, all those. That always gets the people going. Because you can't, you can't get too, like, niche. you got to do the mainstream because then it gets everybody singing. Okay. You know? You, you need help because you're not a good – well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying you in general. You, you in general are not a good singer, so you need the you need the help from the crowd. Yeah, you get some, you know, like John Denver that always hits. Yep, Wagon Wheel always hits. John Denver, you mean like uh, like Country Road, West Virginia? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, John country. Denver or is there a different John Denver? Yeah, that John Denver. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like Country Roads, that always yeah, plays. great, great song. You know, right. any of those always great. You can't get into like the one song that nobody else has heard of, that you know, That's that you know right. all the words to, That's and right. then you're just showing off. You can't do that. That's right. You just got to play the hits. See, but it all depends on the place where you are, right? I mean, we used to go to karaoke night, this little joint in Milford all the time by Golly's. Right? Okay. They'd have it every Thursday night, me and a bunch of buddies. would go. Now, with that crowd, you know, you could get up, and I would get up and sing a little George Strait. Great right? choice. I mean, great choice. Now, what would you sing, Paul, before we call it a day today? Casey. I mean, Casey, forgive me. Um, uh, oh, come I on. Won't, I won't lie. Uncultured in music. Uncultured. Never been to a karaoke bar. Ooh. So I wouldn't know what I would sing. Are you kidding me? Never been. You've never. You've been to an FC Cincinnati soccer game and never been to a karaoke bar? You have got to be kidding me. No, wow. not kidding. We'll get you there, Casey. Oh, we'll my get you there. God. 
Thomas, if you're listening, do my, it on the Bachelor. Oh party. my God! I got my priorities straight. Jeez. FCC is important. Karaoke bar. Everett says he could sing Paul is singing "Careless Whisper" from <laughs> George Michael. Okay, we're we're almost out of time. You guys got a lock of the night. Do we have a cherry on top? Any or all or none of the above? Uh, have both. All right. Uh, let's start with a cherry on top. Cherry on top. Go ahead. Oh, that that was for Trace. Okay. Oh, right. we'll try. We'll okay. That. That's okay. my bad. Okay. Sorry. All right. I thought. Right. Sorry, I didn't look. I saw it's you pull okay. that up. So that I... we have a lock to the night. Yes. Uh, sorry, Casey. I saw you pull that up. I thought that was going to be the cherry on top. So right. I stopped looking. All right. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Reed and I have been riding the UCLA under train uh, for most of the season. They play tonight. It is UCLA under day, so I'm going to take the under 134 with Arizona State. Ooh, I don't know. Those teams like to like to score. Um, I am going to take the Pacers minus four. Big How did you guys do yesterday? Uh, I think mine lost for the. Uh, I think I was on my pick here was Kentucky. Let me go check. Yes, yes, it was. Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. And, they went way and, under. And mine also lost. Um, you back guys to are back, like three and eight. Yeah, as of right now. Back to back, I've picked the opposite uh, um, of the, the score for the Celtics to do well. Like, well, the first week, I think I picked You've Jaylen. been on the wrong side of the Celtics. Yeah, I picked uh, Jason Tatum. Then he gets ejected, has a terrible game. And then I switched sides to, to Brown. And he, he didn't do great last night, but Tatum had a great game. So what's your pick tonight? I'm picking the Pacers. I'm, to what? I'm, to cover minus four. So minus they're the four. They're, And they're playing who? They are playing the Spurs. Okay. Spurs stink. All right. Okay. Yeah, the Spurs stink. So Pacers and um, UCLA. Arizona State under our two picks. Not too picky. All right. That's right. Coming up next, right? Coming yep. up right now. Yep. Not too picky. Lots of picks for you. Lots of picks. The way these guys are going, you're guaranteed to have your bank account cleaned out in no time at all. <laughs> Casey, Paul, thank you. We'll see all of you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the sunshine.